Joyce and I have uh, been married. Well, you can iterate too. Joyce and I have been married 60 years in two weeks. 60 years. I can't hardly believe it. And I'll add something to that. Uh, I don't regret a day of it. That doesn't mean that I hadn't had a disagreement, but I don't regret a day of it. And so in those, uh, in that, when I got married, I was not saved. I didn't know what it meant when you walk down the aisle and the preacher said the things that he does. I don't, it, didn't, it didn't mean anything to me. I knew I loved her, but what they said didn't mean anything to me. But in 1973, God saved me, and He changed my life. He changed my desires. He changed 99% of the time how I talked to her. You know, I've got 1% where I have to work on. <laughs> and uh, so, it's been a good 60 years. Uh, and as I said before, I don't regret it. Uh, next to God, she's my strength. And that's the reason I want her, when I, if I have the privilege of speaking, I want her with me. And I love to talk about, the first thing I love to talk about is God. I love to understand who He is. So many people, when I first got saved and I went to church, I never did understand who God was or is. But when I began to understand who God is, I became closer to Him. I began to love Him more. I began to want to I can't get enough of learning about who He is. And I encourage you, if you don't, if you don't know who God, if, you, if you're saved and you've never studied who God is, I encourage you to do it because it'll help you as a person and it'll help your marriage. The second thing I like to talk about is something I've never talked about before, and that's marriage. But I love it. And it's... And, and without God, marriage usually doesn't work. Right. It doesn't work. Right. You've got to have God in your marriage. or you, or There's too many things pulling us apart. Too many things pull us apart. Too many temptations out there after you get married. You, I, I've, I've heard people say this. Uh, uh, I don't need God in my marriage. Uh, I can handle it. I don't believe that at all. I don't believe that at all. Now, the preacher... The visiting preacher last night said, have you seen any differences in the church? He pointed out, said, that, that couple back there is the oldest one. I said, who, me? <laughs> yeah. But one thing that I, I thought about, and I've always thought about this, and I, I love this phrase. I love it. It inspires me. And that is this. And this is one thing the church has lost. And it's this. I stand in awe of who God is. 
I stand in awe of who God is. I can't see him, but he's right here. Huh? I can't see him. But he's closer to me right now than I put my hand on my nose. I love that phrase. I stand in awe of who God is. And I'll tell you another phrase I like. In the fullness of time. And with God, all things are possible. Everybody agree to that? Amen. All right. Now, I want to give you a verse. As I said before, I was not saved when I got married. But as time went on, I opened the Bible one day. If you want to open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5, 25, this revolutionized, revolutionized, revol did I say it right? Revolutionize my part in marriage. Ephesians 5.25. And if you're married this morning, I, I, is everybody in here married? No. Huh? Not everybody in here is married. There's some singles in here. There's some singles. Oh, that's right. I see. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Keep this verse in mind. Keep this. Uh, everybody there. You need to look at it. You need to look at it if you can find it. Ephesians 5.25. It says this. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. What that said to me was this. I can never love her enough. It says to love her as Christ loved the church. I can never do that. I, if I live a hundred years... I'll never be able to do that, but that's a high goal, and that makes me want to try every day to please her and to make, make her feel like that I love her. Let me say something about that, too. If you're married, I believe this. You need to tell your wife, and wife need to tell her husband every single day that you love her. You need to tell him that. Because you don't never know, you may never see her again, or, he may, or vice versa, and the last thing you want to remember her by is that person told me that she or he loved me. You can't say it too much. Sometimes I think it, I say it too much, and I have to back away from it. All right, now, the preacher, visiting preacher said something about this. It, it took me a while to learn this. But the way Joyce and I live around our two sons, which they're grown, they have kids, et cetera, et cetera, you know, uh, I'm not in that diaper business and stuff like that anymore. They're grown. They're their own person, and they have kids. But one thing Joyce and I tried to do in our 60 years of marriage is try our best to live before them a life that we wouldn't be embarrassed by later on. In other words, 
I didn't never want to hear him, my son's two sons, hear me say something that I did I would regret. I didn't never want to, I didn't never want to try to show impartiality to one over the other one. I want I was very conscious of that. And now after 60 years, I can see the fruit of it. Now let's talk a little bit about. Boundaries in marriage. If you turn to Proverbs 25, 28. Proverbs 25, 28. It says this. A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. Huh? Did I give the wrong 25, uh, Proverbs 25, 28? Is that it? Is that what you got? Okay. <laughs> what are boundaries in marriage? It's, a, it's, it's limited limits and edges to find the difference between wisdom and folly. I've heard Pastor Chris talk about this. Talking about God has given us boundaries to live within. And the same is true for marriage. A marriage without a healthy boundaries is designed for ruin. If you don't have boundaries, if you just live any way you want to and you don't let God govern it, you'll find out that uh, later on that uh, if you have kids... That's the way they're going to live. Who sets the boundaries in my life and yours? Huh? God does. He sets the boundaries. Where do I find those boundaries? I can't hear you. <laughs> yes, that's right. In the Bible. In the Bible. And another thing I want to make, talking about the Bible. Here's something that I believe in. This, that's very, very important. Very important. If you're not committed every day, if you don't set a time every day to read your Bible and to study it, you'll find yourself not doing it. There'll be too many other temptations out there to take you away from. That's the way I've tried to set my life up. When I get up of a morning... I read my Bible, I pray, and I study my Sunday school lesson. So when I stand up here, I'll be ready. Now listen close to this. Boundaries are important for two reasons. Now think about this. Two reasons boundaries are important. One is... It keeps the bad things out. Huh? Keeps the bad things out. Number two, it keeps the good things in. Keeps the bad things out, the good things in. If I, if I set godly boundaries. 
Now follow along with me. I'm going to read something here in just a minute. It says, when you and I stood on the altar on our wedding day, you made a covenant that drew a boundary around the two of you. Now see, I went back when I said when I got married, I didn't know what the man was saying. I just knew he was saying something. And Joyce's daddy, I never will forget it. God bless him. He said he had never seen a man's leg shake as much as mine did when I stand up front. <laughs> I was nervous. But uh, I never will forget that what he said about me. A wall was built that it might protect you from attack and allow you to flourish within. Let me give you three boundaries here. A time boundary. Here's something very important. We must take time each day to talk to each other. Now listen. I believe this. I've said it all ever since we've been married. I believe it. We need to talk to each other. If you don't talk to your spouse, mark my word down. Somebody else will. If you don't pay attention to her, somebody else will. What do you think happens? That's right. You got to talk to them. You got to put your arm around them. You got to give them a kiss on the neck. You got to give them a peck. You know what that is? You know what a peck is? <laughs> you got to give it to them. In 20 years, you, won't, you and I won't remember what is on our phone or TV. But you will absolutely remember the moments you spend together. For example, going out to eat. Now here's one probably I say most men don't like. And that is, I need to, we need to gather and go somewhere other than where, what I like. I need to go somewhere where she likes to go. That makes sense? Yes. <laughs> Number two, reconciliation boundary. Don't. If you have a fuss, if you have a fuss or a disagreement, one thing you ought to not do is to bad talk each other, bad talk each other to some other somebody else. Don't go tell somebody else what happened in your marriage, a fuss or something. You don't do that. Don't do that. Or coworkers in a ways that are destructive. You got to be careful about what you say. And come back to haunt you. And talking about reconciliation, it's good to have counsel and advice. But venting anger out, outside your marriage is never helpful. Never helpful. Now, 
when this, when you, if you have a disagreement, here's something I found that Joyce and I try to do. We need to talk about it. We need to repent of it. Ask each other to forgive us. Make up. Especially, especially before you go to bed. Why is that? Why, you, why would you need to make up before you went to bed? No, well, that's all right. But what if you didn't wake up the next morning? Huh? You need to repent and make up and get things right before you close your eyes and go to bed because just because you're a young person don't mean that you won't never wake up again. We stay up all night. <laughs> well, I knew somebody would have something on that one. <laughs> Now, if you agree with this, uh, I need to talk to you after class. Years ago, I had a man tend to me. He said, me and my wife have never had a disagreement or a fuss. I'm going to tell you why I think that's impossible. It takes a minus and a plus keep things going just like on a battery if you ever tried to start a car with two pluses it ain't gonna start you got to have a plus and a minus I'm the minus she's the plus <laughs> all right I know uh, time am I, am I uh, let me go on here <laughs> transparency you got to be honest with each other you got to open up and tell and talk and don't keep secrets. Don't keep secrets. Now, let me go to uh, uh, oneness in marriage. I'm going to skip a few things here because I'm going longer. When the preacher made his very lighthearted yet heavyweight charge that Nothing would be able to separate what God had joined together. And I said this already. I didn't fully grasp or understand the magnitude of that statement. Now, if I could turn the pages back, I wished I, wished I, could have, I, wished I would have been saved then. It would have been a, I would have looked at things differently. But the reason what that says to me is, one of the good things about, if it is good, for me, I love to look back and remind myself what I used to be like. And I think everybody ought to review their past life when God saved them and what he's, he saved what he saved him or her from. It's always good to review it. What did God do to what did God do when he saved you? Did he change you? Did he change you? Yes. Right. I like to review that. Ephesians 2, verse 1 through 10 talks about that. It tells me how I used to be. It tells me how I got saved. It's beautiful. Ten verses. I had no idea that every word spoken, 
every change, charge given, every blessing prayed throughout the course of the ceremony had provided a divinely inspired covering that would be much needed when? In the years ahead. My thought was when I got married, and this is a true statement, we're now a husband and a wife, so here we come. <laughs> Where'd I go? I didn't have but $25 in my pocket and went to Asheville. <laughs> what? Here's a, another one. When you get married, this is something I didn't know at first. This is something God taught me. I need to pray together with her. Imagine how difficult it is when a disagreement or a fuss is active, in other words, you hadn't settled it, and then you get down on your knees and you start praying. You can't do it. You can't do it. You've got to get it right. Spend time apart. Do you agree? Find some, here, let me show you something. Have interests and friendships apart from one another. Maintaining your own individual interests helps the spouse preserve their sense of dignity and helps relationships to remain balanced. It doesn't hurt to go out and... Joyce has got a friend. She goes out every Thursday, eats dinner with her. And her friend said, but now that Fred's retired, does that mean we ain't going to eat together? She said, no, it'll, be, it'll still be going on. <laughs> All right. Talk about it. You got to talk about it. And here's another one. Be intimate often. I'm going to put this part into it about intimacy. Whole hands. If you're in church and you're standing up and your wife's beside you, this is something I think it really helps. She got her hand right here and I'll reach over and put my hand on her. Sharing a hug. I love to do that. I love to hug her. How about a quick snuggle on the neck? <laughs> All right, I want to end with this. I want to end with this. Turn to Proverbs 31, verse 10 through 12 and 28. Are you there? As Pastor Parker used to say, look up here. <laughs> he said all the time we sat sitting there and listening to him, he'd be, look up here. Let's read it. Who can find a virtuous wife? 
For her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her. So he will have no lack of gain. She does him good, not evil, all the days of her life. Who am I talking about? Her name is Joyce. Do you know what her nickname is? I gave her a nickname a long time ago. Don't ask me what it means because I don't know. (laughs) Her nickname is Nans. I call her that all the time. Nans. I used to call her Nanners. (laughs) I reduced it to Nans. So that's that last part reflects how I feel about her. And any questions? Do I supposed to give me? Any questions? Does that having to go with your wife places considering Walmart when you don't want to go to? Sure. I'm just asking for a friend. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought I was gonna get out of that one. Any more? Anybody want to ask this? That's what that man's up front for. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, I'd like to say something. Uh, I searched for a long time for a godly woman. I've been married three times, and I can't say my first two marriages didn't have God in it, even though I sought God alone. But I feel a good woman supports a good man, and I think God has really blessed me. So you definitely got to have God in the Bible. In your relationship. Right. Exactly right, brother. That's good. Anybody else? Well, let me ask it this way. Do you have any disagreements? Nope. Somebody said yes. Constructive conversation. Do what? Constructive conversation. Constructive conversation. That's good. Yeah, sir. I got to have it. Okay. Don't you leave me? Don't you leave me? Oh goodness! Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay, if y'all hear a loud noise, is my knees knocking? Okay, (laughs) this is definitely out of my element, but I hope there's something that I say that might help. A lot of what I'm gonna say, I let him read my notes. They're just like his. A lot of them, not as profound and not as much scripture. And I'm not a teacher, but marriage is one of God's greatest gifts. In Genesis 2, 24, um, and other verses in the Bible, uh, it says, and I'll read it. I'm so nervous, but please bear with me. Husbands are to love your wife. No, that's not the right verse. I'm sorry. That, That God wants us to become one in marriage. This does not happen overnight doesn't happen when you say, I do. It's like sanctification. It's a lifelong process. We learn each day. We learn from our mistakes. We learn from um, trials. We learn from heartaches. Um, anyway, it says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and the two shall become one. What does cleave mean? Does anybody know? It means uh, to be attached to someone. You cleave to that person. And when you're married, you don't run back to mama and daddy with your issues. You, 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 
is between you and your husband. Um, I was 19 the day we got married. And uh, the only thing we knew, or I knew, was that I was in love. That's all I knew. I mean, I didn't have any idea. Let me stop you right there. Have you ever, do y'all have, on, do you have a, y'all have a refrigerator? <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's have you ever put pictures on the refrigerator when you was 19 and you look at them now and see how much you changed? <laughs> Go ahead. Okay, let's see where I was. Okay. When I look back, when we look back on our lives, I can see even then when we, I went to church all my life, but, um, and I went to the altar and I was saved and I did all the things that you were supposed, I was sprinkled and all that stuff in the denomination we were in. Um, but my daddy, when we were dating, he made me break up with him for a year. And uh, he finally gave in to the fact that, you know, <laughs> we weren't going to stay apart. So um, he, al- he allowed us to get married. Um, after we got saved, oh, the reasons he didn't want me to marry him or go with him is he had red hair, therefore a temper. His grandfather had been married three times and his grandfather rode motorcycles. And that's why my daddy didn't want him to marry us to be together. <laughs> but his grandfather owned the dealership, the Harley David dealership in Statesville, so, you know, he rode motorcycles. Anyway, we were, after we got saved, we left our church and went to a Baptist church because we wanted our boys to know in our church early on years and years and years ago salvation was taught but later on it was just a little sermonette on morning and we wanted um, our boys to know the truth and and what the Bible said. There are a few must-haves in uh, to be able to have a blessed marriage and Jesus first but then the pastor said this morning Jesus in the center but Jesus has to be first God's word has to be there and prayer for each other, for other people. Um, and you have to be really involved in a Bible-believing church. I think you all know that. We were asked to speak a little bit about what a boundary is. A boundary is a limit we set to protect the sacred, sacredness of marriage. Boundaries were given by God. Um, in Genesis 2.17, um, the Bible says, but the tree of life is of good and of tree of knowledge of good and evil. Thou shalt not eat it. For in the day that you eat it, you shall surely die. That's just one of many boundaries God said it, even in the beginning. Uh, we don't like the word boundary because that makes us think, I, I can't do this. You know, it, it puts a boundary on what you think you could do. But boundaries are not to punish us. They're to protect us and give us freedom in marriage. Um, God also gives us order in the home. And I think we've lost a lot of that this day and age. Mm-hmm. It's God first. The husbands are second. They're not dictators. But they're to love us, as he said, as Christ loved the church and gave his life for it. And we're to reverence our husbands. Sometimes that's not easy, but that's what God commands us to do. And uh, in this today's age, it seems like that children are first in many people's lives. It's, it's not the husband, but it's my children, and they come. Don't, do you all agree with that? Yeah. 
We came from the old days. That's, <laughs> that's not the way it was back in the day. But today, uh, I see that a lot. Um, even though we didn't have boundaries or we didn't know anything about boundaries when we got married, the Ten Commandments gave us boundaries that we didn't even know we had. We, we knew right from wrong, so we tried to, to live right. Uh, in our TV watching and stuff like that, if a curse word came on, the TV went off. Uh, we, we didn't allow that in the at home or movies. We watched places we went. We didn't, I mean, I'm not saying we were perfect or we did everything right, but we tried to live according to what the Bible teaches. Uh, let's see. Another thing is faithful to God and to church, to a Bible-believing church. Um, I may be getting ahead of my little notes here, but uh, our friendships were mostly church-related. We didn't have a lot of friends outside of church that we had anything to do with. And in marriage, you have to be right in your relationship with God in order to, for you to come together and, and as a couple and, and be right. right. And you know, that, that's hard. Life's hard. Mm -hmm. Marriage is hard. Marriage is work. Uh, but it's also rewarding. <laughs> Boundaries are not to fix or, ex or change each other. We can't, I can't change him. <laughs> There's things I've, wanted, I've tried to change all my <laughs> life, but I haven't succeeded in all of them. <laughs> and I'm sure there's things he wanted to change in me too. And God created us so different. We're as different, these two, we're as different as day and night. Uh, he's not supposed to think like I am. Or It's a scientific fact that men and women's brains are, t are different. I mean, that's been a proven fact, and I'm not, I'm not making fun of him, but you probably, you ladies can relate to me. He can look at, he can go to the cabinet to look for something, and it will be sitting right there. Uh, oh, we don't need, that's, that's, that's enough. I, no, 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 because I, I saw you men hang your head, or some of you women, I saw you relate to that, but it's a, it's a proven fact that the woman, her vision is is broader than his and he cannot see it but i can walk in there and it, it's right there and i that would frustrate me i could not understand why he couldn't see but i now i know it's because his eyes are not as good as mine Not only are our brains different, but we're made different. We were created to be different. We're not created to be, I'm not a man, okay? He's not a woman, and we're not supposed to even be that way. But God had a plan. We're just complete opposites, as I said before. And that's the way it works. If he and I were just alike, man, that'd be a struggle for sure. Yep. But, uh, it, and being different teaches us, teaches us patience. It teaches us self-control. It uh, there's just a lot of lot of lef lessons in life you learn because you are so different. I'm still learning after 60 years. I'm still learning. We're still learning. I don't know that we'll ever learn it all. But a few boundaries. I want to say a few words about that. Emotional, and he's already spoke on some of these. 
um, be honest, talk about it, talk about even if you are total opposites on it, go ahead and talk about it and just be truthful. And um, we shouldn't expect him to meet our every need. Um, Let me say one thing. She said we're different. But what makes us alike? God living in our hearts. That makes us alike. Anyway, when I said don't expect him to meet all of our needs, only God can do that. We need to know and respect each other's boundaries so we can work through them. And us women have a lot of emotional. You guys can all do this, you know, we all have a lot. And you'll never understand us because we don't even understand ourselves in that. <laughs> but, sti but still go ahead and talk about them and, uh, it, and it, it'll help you uh, to at least understand each other a little better. Expectations, what do you expect from your husband? In our days, husbands didn't help with the kids. They didn't help change diapers, they didn't do any of that stuff. But now, in today's age, um, I think the daddies are, he couldn't even be in, he couldn't even be in the room, in the hospital room when they brought the baby in to, for me to, you know, take care of. He had to stay, go out of the room. That's how things have changed since birth back then. But he did the outside work and all that stuff, and I didn't expect him to do the inside work and all that. But I understand nowadays that has changed a lot, which I think it's okay for the husband to help around the house. And he does that now. Uh, let's see. Opposite sex. Never go into a home or be in a room alone with somebody that's your opposite sex. Just don't don't let allow that to happen. Because right. you never know when that temptation can kick right in. And don't think old devil it's not like to be there. Be careful with hugs and touches when you are in church or and you know wherever you are. Um, be careful if you're talking to someone of the opposite sex um, on the phone or uh, on social media. Be careful what you say and uh, keep your social, right, that's good, don't do it. Keep your social media accounts open, not private. Yeah, and don't talk down, he said this, don't talk down about your spouse or put him down before others. Talk to God about him. And I'll tell you one thing, I asked God years ago, he never said a word. When we, I mean, when we were first married, he talked to me, but we were in a group, he never said a word. And I prayed, Lord, please let him talk. <laughs> Do not pray it if you don't want it to happen. <laughs> Do not. I'm just telling you. <laughs> All right. Um, there's a few other boundaries, but and one is family. You've got to, I mean, love your family, be with your family, but your family's not. You've got to have a boundary there of how much time and how much you depend on the, your family, uh, your mother, your father, your in-laws, and even your friends. Plan fun time or date nights together. And he uh, mentioned the hobbies, too, or things you enjoy. It's okay to do things. Separate. In fact, it's healthy to have things that maybe he does. I don't enjoy going shooting with him. I do once in a while. But I enjoy, I do bar quilts I, when my back will let me. I enjoy doing that. And we, we allow each other to do that. You don't, you've got to be yourself. You can't, 
you got to be yourself as you're becoming one. Okay, does that make sense? Okay. There are many seasons in life, as Proverbs said. Enjoy them, end them, and enjoy them, and not try to look to the next season. I can remember, oh, if they say, Mama, one more time. I can't wait till they're a little older. Don't enjoy that season now because it goes so fast. And um, let's see. We're in our last seasons. Proverbs has got season. We're in our last. But we still love each other. And uh, I will t tell you this, the, the verse that the Bible says about husbands loved your wife. He has all, he's done that. And I'll say this, um, my, I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, we went to church every time the doors were open. And I know my daddy and mother loved me. But I w my brother died at six months of age. And I was born on his death date a year later. And uh, I think... Because of that, I didn't have the emotional hugs, and, and I know they loved me, they took care of me, but I never, I tried to hug my daddy one time and he jumped back. Uh, and I'm not putting my daddy down, but I married this man here, and I went to their home, and they hugged each other. I, I didn't know how to take all that. But he has truly loved me, Amen. as that Bible verse says. And we have, we have been so blessed. But I think the reason is we, when we decided that we wanted to live for the Lord, we did it wholeheartedly. That was our life. I mean, we didn't have a life outside of church and servants. And, and I believe that's why God's blessed two simple little redneck uneducated people the way he has. Thank y'all. Thank you.